Welcome back to Owned and Operated, where we dive deep into the businesses we own, the businesses we are acquiring, and we also bring on guests to talk about their operating struggles. If you like what you hear today, follow John and Brandon on Twitter. That's John at Wilson Companies and Brandon at Brandon Niro. Also, check out our weekly newsletter where we teach you how to be an effective operator. You can sign up by clicking the link in the description of this podcast or by visiting ownedandoperated.com. That's ownedandoperated.com. Check it out. Okay, today we have an Ask Me Anything episode. We asked our Twitter community what they wanted us to talk about, and you all gave us a bunch of suggestions. So we sorted through them, picked out the best topics, and talked about them on this episode. One of the main topics of today is how the integration process of our latest acquisition has gone. Enjoy. If you listen to our show, you know that we can spend months sourcing businesses, talking with them, negotiating LOIs, conducting due diligence, all for a deal to fall through at the finish line. Microacquire solves that whole problem, whether you're buying or selling a business. As a seller, you're getting introduced to over 50,000 trusted buyers with total anonymity. As a buyer, you get to sort through profitable, vetted sellers and close in 30 days. We don't own any digital businesses yet, but over the next year, we're intending to grab a couple, and MicroRecryer is going to be our choice for a sourcing platform. All right, welcome back to Owned and Operated. Today, Brian and I are going to be talking about post-close. So this was an Ask Me Anything. Somebody wanted us to talk about. They really had a wide-ranging question, but we will dive into that. So before we do, make sure you give us a five-star on wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on Twitter, at Brandon Niro and at Wilson Companies. And check out our website. We just finished up really long and detailed post on operators and how we look at that whole thing. And we're working on a bunch of new content, including newsletter with some really good stuff. So ownedandoperated.com. What's up, Brandon? What's up? What's up? Okay. All things. All things. All right. So here's the question we're going to be working through today. Yeah. So this came in from a DM. So can you walk us through the process from LOI to 30 days post-close? Honestly, probably not on a podcast because that is like... A lot. There's a lot going on there, but I think we can definitely talk about some of that. So they actually asked like 10, three questions. So here's the second one. What does an average due diligence look like? What does day one look like? And how are you integrating existing accounting, payroll, et cetera, systems into your own? So there's some good stuff in there. How about I tackle due diligence and a little bit of the LOI stuff? We'll only spend like a minute or two on that. And then we can talk about day one and integration. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. So LOI was, I think we've done LOI episodes. Yeah. So maybe like scroll back in the feed if you're super into that. And I know we've talked about this on Twitter before. The gist is due diligence depends a little bit on the duration of time, how much you spend and what you really invest from time. But you always want to cover the same basic stuff. Insurances, were there claims either in workers' comp, health, or general liability that will follow? Because some of that stuff does follow, even in an asset purchase, which all of our purchases are asset purchase. What is the state of the team, culture? 
How does that all look? So a lot of that you can't really get from the owner because the owner usually doesn't have a full understanding of their culture. So you have to meet the team, check out reviews. That one's a little more nuanced, I think. That one's tough. Site visits help with culture too. Like going in, how clean is it? Like that's a huge culture indicator. Like if the place is clean and every, and you already know that it's a well-run ship, people respect the company, they're they're there, they're into it. So some of it's just sort of context clues. And then just the basic legal background, what are you buying, what's the state of the assets, and you know bank statements to make sure that money's actually coming in. So I would say we're probably not going to spend a ton of time on due diligence just because there's a lot of lists already out there. People frequently DM and asking like, hey, what's the perfect way to do due diligence? And like, I honestly don't have an answer for you because our due diligence is, we have basically 80% of it that's pretty ballpark and you can just find that almost anywhere. And then 20% is specific to each company or industry or whatever. So I would just sort of Google that one. So that is due diligence. (laughs) (laughs) So I just broke that down in about a minute. There is also, it's episode 11. Is an LOI special that we did that we do talk about some of the details into. Yeah, sweet. So check that out. Okay, let's talk about day one and integration. So right now we're 50 days post-close maybe? Somewhere in that that neighborhood. Somewhere in that general vicinity. So we can talk about first 30. We can talk about basically second 30 and what that looked like. Yeah. Do you want to talk about like the original plan we had and how it compared, or you want to just break down what happened? Yeah, let's do the original plan and then compare it. If, for the listener, Kelsey has a really good episode. I don't remember what number it is, but he talks a lot about he bought a company in January, and his he had a plan, and then he got punched in the face. Episode 15. Yeah, so episode 15. It was really good. He's just a great guy. But his plan and what actually ended up happening were two very different things. I'm not sure that that happened here with our septic company, but potentially. But how about you go into like a rough guideline of the plan, and then we can talk about what actually happened. So, for the record, it definitely did not go according to plan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think John's specific words at one point or multiple points were the, it can't get much better than it did happen, but don't expect it to ever be smooth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had, just before close, really kind of laid out a 30, 60, 90-day plan. 30 was really just kind of getting the holds of things. So getting their QuickBooks integrated into QuickBooks online so we can have visibility from the home site here in Akron. We started working towards things like Service Titan, again, for further visibility. We started working on things like stabilizing out dispatch mm-hmm. and trying to get all of those things situated. It was really, I would sum up the 30-day thing as just visibility. It was just getting things. It was access, yeah. Yeah, just getting access to yeah. things, getting passwords changed, getting accounts switched over, calling all these vendors, telling them, hey, you know, here's where you're going to send bills from now on. Here's mm-hmm. who you talk to. It was really just getting hands around things and understanding what the scope of it all was. I think one of the fun things that kind of happened with it is, it, and it's probably going to happen every time, is you realize how much more there actually is to it than that. You kind of oversimplify the planning process. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, just, you just do it. Yeah. It's 30 <laughs> days. It's super easy. It's like, you can get all that together quick. Yeah. And then you realize how many vendors that you build up out of a company for 50 years. Yeah. How many people they worked with, all these different things and, and the nuances that they build because you have them yourself. You just don't realize it until someone else comes in and says, why do you do this? 
well, it's because it worked for 50 years. And right. now we have to learn how to, you know, adapt that in and figure out how to make it work or you know, work with those vendors. Mm-hmm. So we spent some lessons on that, just kind of getting that all figured out. And licensing, man, licensing is always... Yeah, licensing, fun. permitting, all that stuff has been an interesting journey. Especially, we learned the lesson because we simply, all we did was redo the name, but instead of incorporated LLC. So, which really creates a lot of confusion because in the world of, you know, whoever might be secretary of the EPA, let's say, you know, they're just reading it as so-and-so, not the LLC or Inc. So it looks like the identical name. So like, yeah, you're already registered. Well, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's the new co. It's the new company. Right. And they don't understand it. So having to explain it, you know, 50, 60 times as you're going through all this stuff of, hey, mm-hmm. same, it's different company. It says the same name. Just look, it's Inc. versus mm-hmm. LLC. It's a totally different company. So that was a learning curve. I think we kind of figured out towards the end how to actually describe this to vendors so they could understand it because it's a foreign concept to a lot of people. But it definitely created some challenges. Yeah. I think we talked about this with Rich Jordan in his episode. I'm really referencing a lot of episodes today. (laughs) But he said he was talking to somebody and they said like bolt-ons or acquisitions are dramatically different than the platform. Mm -hmm. So your platform is typically your first acquisition in a space or in an industry or whatever. And then the bolt-ons are like what we're doing. And I totally agree. So I think that for the average listener, unless you are, unless you already have a platform or you're planning on doing a roll-up like we're doing, most of our experience in the first 30 days is not going to match what you're, what you're doing. Because like our, the first two weeks, our entire job was to get access was to like shove their financials into our existing financial system and to get their CRM to talk to our CRM and to do all of that where like the average person buying their first company, they don't have that problem because they don't have an existing system. Whereas, you know, we have our systems have to talk to each other. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it's really difficult for us to make any decisions at all. So and you had the whole human element too in the first 30 days of... Mm-hmm. If you don't word things correctly and you don't thoroughly talk and discuss and, and make sure everybody understands really, you know, the whys, mm-hmm. as we learned to, mm-hmm. whys, things are happening, it does look like a takeover. You know, you're going in and all these things are yeah. happening. And really what you're doing is just gaining control of the things. That way you can continue to pay the same bills and continue right. to just get the visibility that you need to operate the company. But if it's not described that way, uh, as we found out that it can look like you're coming in and kind of just, you know, dominating the place mm-hmm. when really the whole goal is just to help keep things flowing as smooth as possible. So we learned, you know, there's a lot of human element and making sure we're clearly communicating and getting everybody on the same page and under agreement as, you know, why this is happening, mm-hmm. not just saying this is going to happen. Yeah. I think that was, so to give some context, we, <laughs> again, at, like the more I talk about this, I was thinking about this the other day and thinking about how obviously we talk publicly about what we do. We buy companies, right? Mm-hmm. That's like our thing. And a lot of the people that are interested in following and communicate with us, they're looking at their first company and it makes it kind of hard because our experience is nothing like, not anything, if nothing else, just because of scale. So I was talking to someone, really cool guy. He just bought a plumbing company a few months ago and he was sort of going over integration stuff. And I was like, honestly, we're, we are so large that I'm not involved in that. Like we are at a size that... We have a full-time integration team. So on the contact side, what Brandon's talking about is we have two people who are in full-time integration, and this was their first time integrating a company into our systems. That's a tough job, especially as a first time, and where I failed 
was I didn't communicate with them early enough how they had to communicate. So I sort of, we basically gave them that their task list of, hey, here's the things, here's 100 or 150 things that we need to get done by X date. They each had deadlines and accountabilities and all of that stuff was fine. But the problem is integrating a company isn't a checklist, really. It is like it's people. It's a lot of people. And you're coming into someone else's company and you're changing 150 things. If they don't understand the why, and if it's not communicated effectively, then there's pushback and there's just like communication is harder. So integration is hard. And I think that the only way you learn that is by learning it, unfortunately. And again, it was my failure to not communicate how that should go. Because the way really integration should look is you sit down like every day or once a week or a few times a week, whatever it has to be with the people that will be affected by your change. And you say, hey, this is a change we're making. And this is why we're making that change. And it's exhausting. And it takes way more time than just burning through a checklist. But the issue is if you don't do that, then what we've talked about you're going to end up leaving people with a company that they don't know how to run, even yeah. though they've been running it for 30 years. You know, like they, just, they won't know the systems. And on top of that, they won't even know why we're doing those systems, which is you know much more tragic. Yeah. We are essentially setting up for future success. And if you don't also get the, the operators on the same yeah. page, it's, it's for all for nothing. You, know, you can mm-hmm. do all that work, and then you'll come back a week later, and everything you did will be undone because nobody understood why. Or how to even do what the heck just happened. Right. So I, I think we caught it early enough. We caught it probably around 30 days. And we, it was like, whoa, why, you know, why, why are we getting so much pushback? This obviously we're pushing towards betterment. And once we understood that sort of how we were behaving, it was like, oh, okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. So let's slow down. Let's communicate more. Let's talk every day. Let's go through the plan. You know, we're doing stuff like now we're in second month. So how about we talk about that? Because that's the stuff that stuff started to change, really. Yeah, I mean, the single-handed biggest thing we really did was Service Titan. I mean, that fundamentally mm-hmm. changes the way the company operates, the, the way the tablets are for the techs out in the field, yep. everything about how the office works. Phone calls are suddenly going to be recorded. Scheduling is going to go through one person, not through four. Mm-hmm. It really changes. It might just be a CRM, but it really does change everything about how the company operates. And that's kind of a big pivotal piece of how we integrate them towards the Wilson way is service time because it's the key to all the other things like dispatching, how we schedule priority scheduling, all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. So that was a big piece. And I think think, thankfully that was caught before service Titan. So I think the way service Titan's being integrated started Monday, it's going well so far. It's probably very weirdly smooth. Like there's yeah, everybody knock knock on on wood. wood. If you're listening, if you could knock on wood. Yeah, it's, it's going good so far. It, it, yeah, it is going. It is going good. But I think a lot of that also too is how overly communicated it was leading yeah. up to it because again, it was caught right before. So right. you know, Tex had substantial one-on-one time with integrations and even myself on you know training how to use the tablets. We had an entire team available during this week as our onboarding week, so yep. constantly available to answer questions, phone calls, even drive out to a job site to help the techs if they have an issue in the field, just to make everything go as smooth as possible. Because the the end of the day is like we can figure the back problems out, right? But if you if you lose the buy in from the techs and the field on this and day one because it's you know everything falls apart, that's a long road to recovery to get everyone used to it and and really accept the program. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to like the normal listener. 
the way their integration would look would be very different from ours. So what we have done successfully in the past when we didn't have a full integration team and when I was the one integrating <laughs> Service <laughs> Titan and any any software change. So this is how we've typically done it. We go about two weeks before launch and we do, it, was, it used to be 30 minutes a day. So for 10 business days, we would do 30 minutes every day in the morning. It was like 7.30 to 8 or 8 to 8.30, whatever. And we would just, like the first week would be platform introduction. So we go through, here's how to search. Here's how to make an invoice. Here's how to make an estimate. Here's how to swipe a credit card. And then the second week, it would be more of a role play scenario. So, okay, so you do it. Everyone, let's watch this tablet. What happens? What can we do better? What can't we? And I would say that was helpful, probably overkill, the best way to learn these platforms is usually just to do it, especially on the tech side, because the tech side is meant to be a pretty straightforward use. Yeah. On the office side, it's much more complicated. Much more complicated. <laughs> and I would, maybe you can talk about training office team. I guess the biggest thing I would say is, you know, whether you're a single person integrating your first company or what, you know, this size, is you have to be the expert on it. If you don't know everything, that person you're training is going to find the one thing you don't know. It always happens. You know, Rand, I'm sorry. I have to say for you on this one. Rand, we threw Rand into this and he jumped in so well, but he was not experienced in service time, right? You know, he, for the longest time, hadn't used it. Me and Allie used it every single day, literally nonstop. So for us, it was like, we've, we've learned anything that can go wrong. And poor Rand jumps right in to help start training. And there's things like, like I said, if there's one thing that can happen, they're going to find that one piece. Right. So like day one. Oh yeah. Day one. Instantly, (laughs) like 30 seconds of the end of the training, they're going to find the thing you're like, wow. That didn't think that could happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, thankfully for me and Allie, it was easy for training the office because we've seen all the things go wrong. We know every little thing that could happen. So, we are able to really train on that. And it's between the service Titan specific, they have things called like Titan Academy that helps you get through training and how tos. We go through that. We go through scenarios. We go into what's called our sandbox. So, mm-hmm. literally, you can destroy the world. Doesn't matter if you log out, it's the same when you log back in. It's a non live environment. So we have a lot of tools like that that we can use to help practice and train and go through all this. But at the end of the day, like you said, it doesn't matter. When it's live, it's a totally different ballgame. So you got to get in. We still have Allie and Rand currently on site nonstop to be there for when questions come up. And it's been routine over the last couple of days for consistent questions. To be expected, all valid things. But I think the key to that entire success was we were running simultaneously in both the old software and the new software for our new dispatcher. Yeah. So she got to experiment experiment at the same time. Whatever she did wasn't live yet, so it didn't really matter. Mm -hmm. She could mess up, but she got the opportunity to double book every job, get used to how it worked, understand the concepts of it before then suddenly she was responsible for the entire company within it and having to be right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do not rush that integration. Yeah. Yeah. On the office side, it's much more complicated than the text. So I would definitely, I think people immediately pay attention to text because there's usually more of them. There might only be one or two people dealing on the office side, but the office side is complicated. Yeah, most times if you're going to go software to software, there's a change. There's an aesthetic change to it, but the f- base functionality of it is not going to change that much. For the field. For the field. Right. It's the big changes if you're going to go from paper to computer, then there's some, you know, there's some field attention you have to pay to. Mm-hmm. But if they're already on tablets, if anything, you're going to make the life easier because you're just mm-hmm. moving to an easier software. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So what second month was all about was... I'd say it was shop. I don't really want to say cleanup. It was more like we start just started organizing it the way that we wanted it. We really try not to make major sweeping changes in the first 90 days, but Service Titan, 
we had to force earlier than we wanted because we thought we could use their software for the first 90 days, but we found out in the first week or two that it was just not possible. Like it just wouldn't communicate the way we needed it to with our systems. So we had to force that faster than I would have liked. We did software in month two, and then we just started organizing, trying to make people's lives better, but also not really impacting the team very much. So organizing inventory a little bit better. We're about to do inventory counts in the next week because we really didn't have like exact count, changing purchasing a little bit. We put up some new shelves to get stuff off the floor and just trying to make a more professional environment. That was a lot of month two. So we're still, we haven't done the big stuff that affects like Service Titan, obviously, Mm -hmm. that was the big one, but we still haven't touched marketing yet. We still haven't touched trucks or truck inventory yet. We haven't really touched aesthetic, like uniforms or or truck looks or anything like that. It's been mainly what what are the life improvements that we can make that we don't have to train a million people on except for Service Titan. I think the biggest thing with them is really is you're kind of building up the rapport and the like trust that this is gonna this is gonna work before mm-hmm. you dive into the nitty gritty. So you know, like organizing that shop, everyone who's been in there so far, and it's not even done yet. It's just the shelves went up and things started to get on them. Yeah, and everyone ooh ahs like it, yeah. it's it's it does look good. Like they it looks can good. Find things. Yeah, knowing where all the stuff's gonna end up, like the storage boxes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They can see things that they've been you know we've promised them since day one that are really starting to make physical things. All the background, no one's ever seen it. No one knows that. You know, QuickBooks online now. Mm-hmm. The office does, but the field techs don't. So when they start to see physical progress in the field, that's a big thing. Yeah. So when we get to the nitty gritty, like, you know, no one wants to change uniforms, but we're going to. So getting the buy-in with like getting their their ability to be able to do their job smoothly done yep. first, I think is going to benefit us much better when it comes to things like uniforms that they might not be as excited about, but are willing to work with us on because we were able to do all these other things. So let's let's just keep the progress going. Right. The new look for the trucks, everybody's gonna like that. Like everybody likes a new clean look on a truck. Yeah. The uniforms, whether they actually like or not, nice things are already wearing. Some of the uniforms are just kind of upgrading. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like the biggest thing you get, like you said, quality of life, quality of work, things done, get the buy-in, get everybody seeing okay, yes, there's really true physical progress happening. Mm-hmm. And then you get that not as fun, nitty gritty stuff <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. And I think, and this will probably be the last thing we can wrap up, but on integration, a lot of it's a chain. So if you just sort of follow the chain of events that you need to do or we need to do, it sort of leads you through it. So like first week or second week, we can't do anything until we have financials. So we actually didn't have financials for the first two weeks, I think. And then you start looking at all the other things you want to do, like inventory, routing, marketing, more complete dispatch team, backup call center, just all of these improvements to a company, but you're not able to do any of them until you have service tight in place. So it's sort of a step-by-step, like, hey, hey, we're probably missing calls on the weekend because we don't have a backup call center, but we can't have a backup call center until we have voice over IP, and we can't have voice over IP until we have service tightened, and we can't get that phone to ring until we have marketing, and we need those five other things to happen first because we don't want phone to ring on a weekend when we don't have a call center because we're not in voice over IP. So you sort of, it it leads you through the whole process. So I think, you know, people get overwhelmed by how many things you have to change and how fast or what order they go in. And a lot of it, you don't have much of a say in the order. Like you have to do this in order to do these next five things. And the next five things sort of happen in order. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was integration.
All things considered, I think smooth so far. Been some hiccups, but the lessons learned. Yeah, I think there's always good lessons learned. I would say pretty smooth so far. We've obviously had some bumps and bruises along the way, but one of the things that I've done my best to communicate well with our team is we just bought a company that had 12 employees. Within the first month, we grew it to 15 employees, and there was a lot of changes that we had to make because there were just antiquated systems that we had to shift over to our systems. So as far as integration and acquisitions has gone, this was a good one. Like, this was good. And I think a lot of the team was a little discouraged early on because they were like, man, there's all this stuff is going wrong. And it's like, yeah, I mean, stuff is going to go wrong. Like, it, you know. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Show me a smooth acquisition. <laughs> and I'll say bullshit. <laughs> but the things that went wrong were manageable and the things that went right were needed. Like being able to grow staff immediately. Being able to, like sales has never stopped. We've been very busy. So we can fix the other stuff as long as the trucks keep rolling. And the thing is you have to keep in mind is the people who are likely affected by those, the, the falters, are going to be people who may experience an acquisition once. Like they're yes. not doing this every right. three months. Right. They're in the thick of it, experiencing it for the first time and probably the only time right. in a career. So it is going to be weird for them to understand what is going on, why mm-hmm. it's happening. Yeah. But yeah. That's integration. Boom. Boom. All right. If you're picking up what we're picking down, check it out. Owned and operated.com. Sign up for our newsletter and follow us on the Twits. Thanks.